0: We're going to give away tickets to Chris Stapleton in concert, and we're going to give you a two-word phrase that pays. So you're going to get one word now, and then the second word later on. Michelle, what do we have for a word?
2: You want to fire the sounder?
0: Oh, yeah. just That's important, isn't it?
2: Our first word and the phrase that pays is going to be go.
0: Okay. I like it go. Go is the first one. Let's head to the Group and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and our friend Mike Claiborne joins us, as he does every Tuesday morning. Good morning, sir. How you doing? I'm doing well. Hope everybody had a safe holiday. It was terrific. It was good to see you Saturday in Columbia, and a good start to the season for Eli Drinkwitz and crew.
3: Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I, I know some people were expecting them to, to just come out and obliterate somebody, but I think when you you face a team for the first time. I don't think, Randy, they were showing too much offensively. I think they may have had a script of plays they wanted to run because obviously these next two games with Kentucky and Boston College on the road, you just don't want to give these guys too much of an idea of what you can and can't do. So, But it was good. The only problem is these, these college football games, they're, they're running over four hours. That, that's too long for any sort of sporting event.
0: It was unbelievable. The last five minutes of the game took a half hour.
3: <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's just, and, and you know, we, we see it in baseball, and, and it's a real concern. And I'm sure the purists will say, well, you know, that's the game. You know, that's the beauty of the game. Well, no, it's not. Because <laughs> nobody signs up for four-hour events for a sporting event. Now, obviously, if you've had weather or maybe it's overtime or something like that, but nobody should be out there that long. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work. And we saw it not just in Colombia, but we saw we saw it, you know, in a number of games over the weekend. It just seemed like they go on and on and on. I'm not sure how they fix it.
2: Well, Claves, the Cardinals and Dodgers again tonight. Albert Pujols back in town. It was great to see so many people at Butch Stadium. It was fun to see everyone chanting, we want Albert yesterday. But uh, Randy and I were talking about this during a break. Do you expect to see Albert Pujols tonight? And during the series, would you put money on him hitting a home run?
3: Uh, Yeah, I do expect to see him tonight. Um, Home run, Well, that's a good question. Uh, He's Albert, so anything's possible, I guess. Uh, but, you know, you mentioned the crowd. I'd have to say that that crowd yesterday, I'd say 40% of them were Dodger fans. Wow. Yeah, there was a lot of blue. I mean, they travel, they travel well. And, uh, yeah, they they made their presence felt from the, the moment the gates opened. They flooded the stands. And, obviously, they didn't have anything else to do. Um, but they were there, and they were there in full force. And it's my understanding they've been traveling like that all year.
0: Klaibs, we can go back to the 98 Yankees, and they were great, but they, they weren't a star-laden team. Obviously, they had Jeter, but they had people like Scott Brocious and Tino Martinez and Paul O'Neill. It wasn't a star-laden team in the pitching staff either. I'm wondering, since we've been watching, if this Dodger team might be the most talented group ever put together, since, since I've been watching for about 50 years.
3: Yeah, you know what, Randy? I was thinking the same thing. Uh, even in the era of Garvey and Say and that bunch, they, they still had a loophole here and there, okay? This team is solid from top to bottom. And don't get caught up in the names. I look at the production, mm-hmm. and I look at a guy like Max Mun- Muncy, who's having a heck of a year, uh, hitting in various spots in the order. His on-base percentage is, like, insane. And throw in the fact the guy knows how to get, draw, walk. He's always one of the tops in walks. They they really have a good collection of players. Some from their organization, some that they happen to find, you know, like a Trey turner or a Scherzer and people like that in trades. But it's a real solid team. And you know what? They don't even have Trevor Bauer. And I and mean, from the looks of things, I don't know if he would be effective at this point. But yeah, they put it all together now 200 plus million dollars to get that for you. Yeah. But it's it, it is it is a very impressive lineup. And, and it's almost similar to what we saw with the the Giants earlier this year where they play a lot of people. I mean, it's not just the regular eight they run out there every day. They find a way to get other people in the lineup. And the Giants are, the, are a, a ball club in that same manner where they have a lot of what I would call non-household names. I think if when the Giants roll the town – other than Chris Bryant and, and Brandon Crawford I'm not sure Most baseball fans In St. Louis Could pick out Anybody else Buster Posey I don't think You could pick out The other six guys With any regularity
0: Another thing about The Dodgers A guy like Chris Taylor Who's a really good player Has an 813 OPS He's played left Center, right Second, short Muncy obviously Can play mm-hmm. first or second Cody Bellinger Can play center field Or first base They've played Mookie Betts At second base Justin Turner Can play second uh, Their guys Are really versatile, And they really make an effort to get them to play multiple positions during the course of the season, too.
3: You, you, you know, and I think that's a trend I hope we continue to see. Uh, you know, we kind of got locked in. Well, he can play short and hit third, or he can play center field and lead off, and that's all he can do. I, I think the the quality player of today has to be able to play more than one position. And, and, you know, I look at Chris Bryant. That, there's another guy, yep. and he's part of this generation of guys that have found their way in a lot of doing different things. And, and I really think that's a trend of the future that I hope sticks around.
2: Clave's uh, another tough ninth inning for Alex Reyes on Sunday versus the Brewers, called upon to protect that 5-2 lead. Base is loaded. He serves up that walk-off grand slam. What role would you use Alex Reyes in for the remainder of the season?
3: Wow. You know, that question's been posed a lot. I got to tell you, you know, this is the big leagues. This is the big boy club, and you're going to have failure. Um, to, to baby him in this situation doesn't do him any good. It doesn't do the team any good. It doesn't do his future any good. I got to just run him out there. And, you know, maybe you make some adjustments about approach as far as pitch selection and things of that nature, but you know we're talking about a guy that everybody well, not everybody, but a lot of people felt like, including Alex, that he'd like to start next year. I think I'd try and be good at one thing before I tried to move on to something else. Now, you know a good reliever has to have a sh- a short memory. And you know, yesterday Sunday was one of those things where like, here we go again. But I, I'm one of those who feels like you gotta you gotta run him out there. I, I think for him to just sit there and think about it and think about it and think about it, I don't think it gets you anywhere. I, I think you gotta throw him in the fire because, you know, this is what you do for a living. You, this is a big leagues, and you're gonna have those moments. The good ones get up and, and fight through it. The, the ones who don't fight through it find themselves doing something else for a living.
0: And, Mike, there's so much to be said for playing in a sixth month. It's hard for anybody to, to play a six-month season. He's never done that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that Reyes has ever played a five-month season, let alone a six-month season. But Tony always used to tell us, I know he, he said it to you too, the difference between good and great is September, is uh, being able to Here's play so that out. six-month.
3: Well, and I agree. And and you know what, Randy? It's not just Alex Reyes. You look around the game, and you throw in the notion that none of these guys pitched a six-month season last year. And and I'll give you a good example of a team that maybe shot their bullets a little early, and that's the San Diego Padres Mm -hmm. in their bullpen. Because they're really struggling. They got off to a great start, but somebody should have tapped them on the shoulder and said, hey, fellas, you know, we got a lot of baseball to be played, and September is going to be very important. Remember, a lot of these teams have already went through their minor league system to find out who can pitch. You don't have the luxury, in some cases, where you have some extra arms that you call up. You've got two guys that you can call up. And I think the dynamic of how you prepare for September has started to change especially with them going into a year where they, they didn't have a previous season where they had a chance to pitch in the entire year.
0: I want to see another series with both Max Scherzer and Garrett Cole. Like a couple of years ago, Washington and Houston, now it would be the Dodgers and the Yankees. But I want to see another series with Max Scherzer starting for one team and Garrett Cole starting for the other.
3: Well, let me ask you this. You think it'll be over with quick, the way those guys like to work fast?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
3: Scherzer was rolling yesterday, man. I mean, we got out of there at a pretty good pace because neither team was able to score after that, after that second inning very much. But my point being, you know, when you work with a, at a good pace, those guys seem to be more successful, don't they? And, and both of those guys work at a good pace. But let me run this by you, both of you. Is Scherzer the Cy Young winner this year? in the National League?
0: I think he is.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, when you you start to think about other names, nobody has been able to survive and go as long as him. You know, I mean, I know earlier in the year with DeGrom, but he's done. There have been some other guys who've had some commendable seasons. I throw away right in that conversation. Mm -hmm. Now, I wasn't sure about it a couple of weeks ago. But, man, I mean, what doesn't do? He gives you innings? He can get strikeouts. He can get ground balls. I mean, and he's just a tough hombre.
2: In his seven starts with the Dodgers, Curbs, he has a 1.05 ERA, 63 strikeouts, and five walks. And I believe he's the ERA leader, excuse me, in baseball, right? At
3: well, 2.28. So I think it,
2: yeah, 2.28. If, that's if right. We, I mean, he's ridiculous. If we
3: voted on him, if we voted on him I don't think anybody's going to argue too loud.
0: No, no doubt about it. Claims, always good to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. All right, gang, have a great week. You too. That's our friend Mike Claiborne on 101 ESPN.
1: Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The College Football Playoff Committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the College Football Playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the College Football Playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas.
3: They get the best talent, reliable infrastructure, and save on costs by expanding in Ohio, the new Silicon Heartland. Learn how your business can succeed in Ohio. Visit successinohio.com.